1: What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class here on the Home of Lacrosse Classified, the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. EP 162 coming your way here. Thanks for joining us. My name is Jay Kelly. My co-host name is Brad Challoner And we got a ton to talk about here on the podcast as per usual here this week. And season previews are now complete so we're heading into week three of the National Lacrosse League season. So we're going to break down some games for you here in quarter number one. Brad and I will both give you our Stampede Stallions of the Week here on the podcast in quarter number one as well. Then we got uh, the 2-0 and Vancouver Warriors, the number two overall draft pick from last year's entry draft. He wears number 28. Two-time Minto Cup champion—I could throw that in there as well, Bradley. Uh, number twenty-eight in your Vancouver Warriors program. Reed Bowring making his debut on Lax Class. Looking forward to this conversation. Quick sticks are back in their normal quarter number three, and of course, who you got in quarter four, along with our Lax Class locks. So lots to talk about here on the program, Bradley. Uh, welcome back in. Uh, welcome home from. Uh, chilly saskatoon how are my people out there in rush nation i miss them i miss the tune you like it there too i know you do i
2: i love saskatoon and it wasn't too cold actually it was only it was it was like minus eight on saturday morning when we went to shoot around and teddy and i were freezing our our hands off and our noses off coming out of the rink you just kind of get slapped in the face with it but overall it was like it was it was warm enough to go for a walk i went for a couple walks around downtown core went and walked down by the river and kind of soaked it in a little bit beautiful Okay. It, it was river, manageable. Man. Might be different when we go back to the TSM game of the week in mid-February. Um, might be a little different story, but still manageable right now. And what a town, man. Like, there is rush presence in that town. You've heard players talk about it. As soon as you get off the plane at the airport, there's the logo yeah, on the, the floor of the there, airport. Yeah. But even downtown, like, I took a picture and tweeted it out. Like, the buses have go rush go on the buses on game day, there was uh, digital billboard ads all over. There's a merch store somewhere that I, that I heard about, but I didn't stumble across, but like, there's definitely a presence in that town that it is, it is rush nation. And I'm super proud of them for that, to develop that over the last handful of years here.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've done it right there in Saskatchewan and, and you hope that the, the Priestner family there carries on the tradition, the legacy that the urban family left behind when they sold the franchise. I mean, just, ultraly connected to Saskatoon obviously but really the entire province of Saskatchewan gets behind the Rush and great sports town there in the prairies so uh miss those guys welcome home and uh we'll talk about it all here uh later on in the program but uh quite the game there in in Saskatchewan over the weekend as well
2: you, you know what and as anticipated like I called it last week Calgary wasn't going to have two stinkers. You're just
1: just right to the padding (laughs) of your own back, right out of the shit. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? cow, man. As as predicted. Letting uh, letting week one who you got uh, championship go to your head already here. Holy cow.
2: I just thought that was such an uncharacteristic loss
1: by Calgary. Calgary
2: can lose games, but they don't lose games in in an ugly way like they did in week one against Buffalo very often, right? So I knew they were going to bounce back they had a, a Kurt Malowski kind of held court and had a very lengthy chat with the team at shoot before that game. And Teddy and I were sitting there going, okay, these guys are, they're hearing it right now. And I think he was just sort of reinforcing them that they can beat anybody and to get that confidence back. And, and it showed, it showed on, it showed on the floor. They opened up with it with a three goal run. They fought back every time, didn't let Saskatchewan get on any runs yeah. and then to get a big goal from an unexpected character is a game winner with, you know, a little bit, not under two minutes to go. It was a well-rounded, well-rounded effort. And that's what Calgary going to need this year. They're not going to have Dane Dobie. There's extra pressure on Curtis Dixon. They're going to need Haywires and Tyler Pace and guys like that, putting balls in the back of the net and who can stop their transition game right now. It's the
1: best in the national Whoa.
0: lacrosse league that's hot that's hot that's really hot up man you just dropping hot
1: takes after hot takes on the i gotta mark that down uh for the sound drop there for around 4 30 uh best transition in the national lacrosse league calgary roughnecks you're you're saying that i i don't think there's any question about it what
2: they've done the last couple of weeks they didn't capitalize and finish a bunch on it against the buffalo bandits but they sure did against sask with courier and simpson and reese callies and these guys that can really push the pace like and sask didn't really have an answer for it
1: yeah i'll tell you you know nobody and i mean nobody runs a more efficient bench in transition than kurt maloski like i'll give like he is the master of of executing on his bench and creating transition, so a lot of it depends on the personnel and and guys getting up the floor and everything. But man, he knows how to stretch a bench. Let me tell you, uh, I'd have to give that some thought before I'd I'd lay that moniker down on on the Roughnecks. But uh, definitely a vaunted transition game, and uh, you're right, Zach Hairwires gets the game winner. But I really think the difference. In that one, there Bradley was one phenom Christian Del Bianco, who I thought we
2: we're changing his nickname to Mr. Poopy Pants,
1: right? <laughs> Well, then what do you change genders to if you're, I mean, uh, (laughs) Christian goes with poop Teddy drops the the crap on the post game. So I don't, you tell me, man, but uh, Del Bianco,
2: money, money interview with Chantel, Christian Del Bianco, like had the whole lacrosse world laughing this weekend. So, yeah, well done there
1: yeah uh and and well done in between the pipes i might add like uh spectacular like i don't think calgary wins that game if he doesn't play like that
2: no so many saves in the fourth quarter too like it looked like he really settled in and got his groove in in the second half and completely shut the door in the fourth quarter like he was he was absolutely lights out like stopping mark matthews on a breakaway in a fourth quarter not many goaltenders are doing that and yeah, he, he completely shut the door and, and kept him in and helped them win that game in the fourth. Big Easy.
1: time game player, man. Like, when it matters, that kid would, like, put your money down on, on Delby. What else do we got here? Friday night, uh, Halifax out to a 2-0 start here with, the, like, tough schedule for the Birds. And, and we had a Kersey on. I think it might have been Jamie with me then. But, like I said, like, holy cow. You got the rush and then you got the rock, albeit two two home games. That's not an easy schedule to start, but there's the Halifax Thunderbirds, 11 7 and Clark Peterson, man. Holy cow. This kid, like I'll say, like, I when when the draft came up with Peterson here I I was like on Clark Peterson like if he's available there for the rush at four I know you're stacked right-handed but you gotta take this kid like I and nothing against Holden Garland because he is going to be a really great defender in this league I just think Clark Peterson has the special factor and puts up six uh out of the 11 here for the Thunderbirds as they beat the Rock 11-7 you're talking about the rush passing passing up on him. Well, a couple of teams would have passed up. Well, on no, it, but I think, well, yeah, but I, th- like, I think that the three before him were, were pretty legit picks. I can't recall them in my head right now, but I thought like four and five, if it comes down and he's sitting there, like anyways, uh, uh,
2: well, well, let's, let's spend some time on this for a sec. Cause you had a really close up watch of him at the Minto cup yeah. playing with Jeff T. And I think I remember a lot of the talk around going into the draft was like, how good is he without Jeff T? Uh. And you obviously noticed that at the time, but I think he's putting the league on notice now that doesn't matter who's feeding him the ball from the other side of the floor or who he's playing a two-man game with, he's he's getting it done.
1: I just go with, uh, how about the chameleon? Brad Clark, the chameleon Peterson here because he just Ooh, blend, adaptable blends in and just like you can plug that kid in with any, like you said, with anybody, and he's going to get his one way or the other, whether he's packing the ball, going off ball, set like you know, picking up junk in front of the net. The chameleon, I'm just throwing it out
2: i dig that i dig that uh
1: so big win there for halifax is i gotta find my my schedule here again yeah so
2: yeah so it was legit so 2019 draft new york takes tyson gibson first overall another guy who played with teat yeah um rylan reese went two to rochester andrew q went three to new england and could have been number one in that draft holden garland went four and then peterson went 0.5. five to Halifax yeah. that's a legit first five Warren
1: Jeffrey six I know. to Colorado <laughs> like those are six beasts yeah good draft it's only gonna get better it's only gonna get better Philadelphia got better as they get out to a you know start here as they take down the riptide who you know I had this in my quick sticks news coming down just prior to to face off here that Jeff Teat going on the COVID protocol list here. Corey Heifeld has been added to that list of the of the Nighthawks here. I don't know if there's a relation there or not, but um, this kind of changed my, my who he got picks at the last second as well. But watching the Riptide in this one without Teet, and, and they hang with Philly here 14-12, they end up losing the game. But I got some more belief in the Riptide after watching this game that they are a much improved team.
2: Yeah, and you know, I think it's a little bit of a trend. I know we want to talk about the riptide right now, but I think even like Panther City and Rochester, all of the teams that are, you know, quote unquote, supposed to be at the bottom of the standings, they're putting up fights in every game that they're in. You know, at Panther City in game one, a little different story against a really impressive Vancouver Warriors team this weekend, but there's no easy outs this year. So it is making things really interesting. You can't look at New York or Rochester on the schedule and think, ah, okay, that's, that's going to be a check mark for us. That's going to be an easy week for us because it's not happening. Like these teams are, are pushing teams right down to the limit, even though they are getting over the hump yet and getting those wins, they are, they're forcing teams right down to the wire.
1: Yeah, pretty good battle at the faceoff dot there. Baptiste not normally is you know 19 for 30, still well over 50 percent. But uh, Thornberg giving him a good run there. Crowley with eight, Kitty with nine, Callum with eight. Um, so usual suspects in that one near the top of the scoring. But uh, Philadelphia now two and zero. Riptide. Play another game this weekend. We will get to that. But the last Friday night game of the evening, and you just mentioned an impressive Vancouver team this weekend. That's part of the reason we got Reed bowering coming on the program here, Brad. But uh I I didn't see this kind of convincing, dominating performance out of Vancouver, especially with Panther City's home opener and all the rest of that. Like, but 14-8 here for Vancouver, and just looking at the the stats leaders around the national lacrosse league scrolling down to the goaltenders here alexis bouquet brad i think he's got to be the story of the warriors so far here through two games
2: 100 he's been their most valuable player for the first two games and if anybody predicted that going into the season you're you're full of it (laughs) absolutely full of it and credit to Credit to the Warriors' coaching staff and people that they confided
1: in to get make this decision. Like we, you and I are both. Big I raised my with the old rock. The floor. I gave it the old rock eyebrow when I saw that come across the transaction wire. But like you like said, you
2: and I are you and I are big Eric Penny fans on and off the floor. So we were kind of perplexed too. But then you hear the stories about how Bouquet was playing at camp. He's down some weight how dialed in he is right now and he's he just literally has just played the best two games of his pro career adam levy our guy posted some stats this week about buki's numbers and what he's done this week and literally it's the two best games of his career to start this new season with the new team
1: yeah i i mean right there near the top with saves uh he is at the top of save percentage wins and i know it's early here but i I just feel like he has finally figured out how to adjust to, to the slightly bigger nets and more importantly, the smaller goal stick between his legs. And I wondered, like watching him in, in the summer as he was playing with North Shore and, and I think he was still using the, the big Woody and I was like, man, he should be practicing with the small, but like Dan, like Dan said, like the coaches and the leadership group there in Vancouver to a man said, like he's he's earned it here in camp and he's proven them all. Right. They got a big test coming up that we'll talk about a little later on in the program this week, Brad. And I think it's going to be a real kind of a benchmark game of of what is to come here for both teams this season. Well, you know know what?
2: You got to add this about Bouquet's success, too, is that, you know, I think the defense in front of them is playing
1: fantastic. Oh, it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's different,
2: it's, right? It's, it's, it's different. I'm not going to say it, like, I don't want to say it's better than it has been because I don't want to throw guys like Ian Hawksby and, and Chris O'Doherty under the bus, but there's some phenomenal lacrosse being played in front of Alexis Bouquet right now. And, and Brett Midsky has really, I think made a difference <laughs> on this club early on. Like <laughs> yes. from the minute of training camp, he was stripping guys of the ball. He's playing with a little bit more edge. And I think I've seen him play with like, he's, he's refreshed and this team is sort of molding themselves around what number two is doing on that back end
1: well that and I think what number six used to do on the back end there for Vancouver with Haji now running that defensive bench and I like Casado said you know like I was talking about Vancouver and and on Twitter and he said give Haji some love and I said listen Rob like I've never seen a Vancouver team block shots like this ever like I can I don't know what the numbers are but they blocked and deflected so many shots in that game and in the first game, for that matter, as well. And and it's just different than it was. Brad, we need to move on here. We got uh, more games to talk about. And as I say that, I can't find the schedule again. Who do we have? Rochester taking on... Oh, man, I should know this. Uh, who did they t- Rochester and Buffalo the play Ro- a battle, this- of, battle I- of the I-90. I've I- I- been Rochester- trying to eliminate this game from my, my mind here, Brad. That's why and and I'll, it'll make sense later. But yes, explain, Bandits explain in what? Rochester. What's up?
2: Yeah, and I said ex- explain why. Why would you try to wipe this game from your Oh, did you pick?
1: Yeah, uh, you pick against the Bandits? No, I had the okay. over and it oh. came up a goal short.
2: You picked an over in a game with Matt Vince and Evan Kirk Listen, going toe-to-toe? Man,
1: it, was, it was a dog of a of a first half 6-6 or something like that and then it exploded in the second half and played more to the style that i was expecting going into that game 12-8 the final as the bandits i mean after that opening performance and their explosion offensively against calgary i thought okay well but anyways uh bandits get it done over the Nighthawks in the I ninety battle there. Twelve eight the final in this one. Anything Connor Fields uh Yeah, well out so a
2: couple couple things here. One is um, well, after two weeks, there's two Americans tied for the league lead in goals in Connor Fields and Tom Schreiber with eight. So that is unreal to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was mentioning earlier the Rochester Nighthawks made it interesting. They had a lead in that game and like the second deep into the second quarter. Um, and we're up and like we're feeling pretty confident and putting up a valiant effort, but then the bandits just pull away with a six goal fourth quarter they get on these runs and you just can't the buffalo Bennett's get on a six seven goal run you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to win a lacrosse game. so they they went huge in the fourth quarter and you know made that made that battle of the i-90 a little bit more interesting than i think some people thought i thought it was gonna be an easier win for Buffalo. Um, so valiant effort by the Nighthawks who are now one and one.
1: Yeah, they're right there. They're right there. Uh just you know, 60-minute game sort of thing. Uh one more Saturday night affair, and this thing was bonkers. I actually want to leave that game for for the end here, Brad, but let's talk about the Sunday game here. Get our first taste of Sunday lacrosse. Uh noon start here on the on the Best Coast, Georgia and Riptide. This one pretty pretty easy to see what jumps off the page here. Uh, Lyle Thompson goes off for ten points. And this and is five. the
2: one where I, a lot of people think changed their weekly picks without. I, 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 I did. Had, I yeah. I was so we have to let people know on record. Last week we both had the Riptide taking this game, and then with the Jeff Teet news coming up on Friday, promptly
1: changed <laughs> the picks. I in, uh, in our in our stampede tack yeah which is by totally legal up to game time uh that you know you can switch your picks right to the last second if you want uh but yeah, yeah that made a switch and that may be the case going forward here as well brad like you know we things happen and right before game time we're recording here on a tuesday and by friday sometimes things change and picks might need to do that as well
2: it's Monday, by the way. So oh, things yeah. could change even things could change even more. We're <laughs> dropping this on Tuesday. We're recording Monday you night. So it's probably, yeah. probably going to change even more. But yeah, like again, Riptide put up ten without Jeff T and and it was kind of a career night for Kieran McArdle, who had three and three, Tyson Gibson two and four. Um Connor Kiernan continues to score. Like he's one of the top point. I know New York's played three games, but he's one of the top point scorers in the National Lacrosse League right now. No one saw that coming from Connor Kiernan but the best of some of these riptide players are coming out but yeah like Lyle Thompson goes off um and nice to see him you know I know he's been banged up over the last couple years but to see him in fine form is good for the Georgia's form it's good for the national lacrosse it's good for the sport of lacrosse for that matter
1: yeah Showtime had six points in that game and I bet you if you ask Callum he would say that was one of the worst games he's ever played just to give you an idea, like six, he puts up six, and I bet you if you asked him, he'd say he played like dog poo, Christian Delbianco. Saturday, we go. let's jump back here because something special happened in this game, Brad, and that was the fact that Frankie Shiliano only allowed four goals in this game. As San Diego beats Colorado 13, to four in this one and you know like after San Diego's week one performance I was on Colorado in this game they did not show up to play quite frankly period and San Diego came out like they had something to prove to the rest of the league here and they did that and just got better as the game went along and outscored the Mammoth 5-1 in the fourth quarter they go away winning 13 to four but Shiliano becomes I want to say the 24th goalie in 35 years to allow four goals or less in a national lacrosse league game.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely unreal. I don't, and I don't know like a two face performance from both of these two teams based on where they were in week one. So I don't necessarily know where, these two teams stand are, is, are the San Diego seals closer to yeah. who they were. In week I think it's one? somewhere in the
1: middle, right?
2: Or yeah. And are the Colorado mammoth as good as they were in week one and just had a, had a bad week. I know it wasn't not a great performance by the Colorado mammoth from any part of the floor. You know, their defense didn't look great. Their offense wasn't clicking. Zed was very quiet. Um, and Ryan Lee couldn't get it all done on his own. So the ball just wasn't moving very well. They weren't, they didn't get a lot of shots on goal in this one either. And the, the San Diego Seals just looked completely different. They had a phenomenal D, looked re-energized. Dane Doby went off. Oh, like,
1: man, Brad. Like, the, the two goals from Dobie, like, he had three. But two of them were just bonkers. And I, and I put the tweet out over uh, on game night there. Like, I just said it's it's getting to the point where it's almost not surprising to see it.
2: No, and, he's he's... He's the master of the. For, I know, like I was, the craze. Yeah. Don't 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 write this down as a hot take. Don't take it the wrong way. But it's it's like junior esque what he's doing, because he does these ridiculous things, and your jaw hits the floor. And you go, "That's but you're a you're not fluke. surprised of who it's coming from. Yeah. No, but it's not surprised of who it's coming from. Like if if another player did that.
1: It's a fluke, like, but he does it like over the Domini and goals over. The Domini goal goes yeah. viral.
2: Where did that come from, from Scott Domini? But Doby does it twice in a game, and it's like <laughs> Dobie doing Doby things, yeah. because it's expected. And he's just he's a veteran that has been doing that now for so long and getting better with age. It's unbelievable that it's yeah it's 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 special to see, and it doesn't happen in a lot of other sports, right? Like we talk about it a lot how Doyle and Sanderson and Junior and Dan Dawson were still so great and productive. In the latter stages of their third thirties. That's where Doby's getting to now. The game slows down. He's creative. He knows where the net is and, and good things happen.
1: Yeah, pretty good. Uh, 44 there in purple and gold. Uh, and I wanted to talk about that game last, Brad, because it leads us into our Stampede Stallions of the Week. So uh, it's been a while, their partner, but uh, foot in the stirrup there, saddle up. It's time to head for the Stampede stables. I haven't done, I haven't done it well. <laughs> Welcome to the stables. Uh, as you just heard, we have arrived here at the Stampede Tack and Western Wear Stables. And before we reveal our Stampede Stallions of the Week, getting pretty darn close to Christmas time here, and Stampede Tack and Western Wear is here for you. Gift cards in all denominations available. That way, they can just grab the little piece of plastic there, walk into the the fallacial estate there. Did I just say fallacial? <laughs> oh, Careful now. They show will there at Stampy Tack, and pick out whatever they want, uh, and and that's the way to do it. Uh, Danny always gives me a hard time about gift cards because I love giving gift cards because it's so easy. Just like you know, to walk into a Safeway or whatever and just pick out a bunch and hand them on. I love getting gift cards too. You can get them at Stampy Tack and Western Wear. Do it online. Stampede.ca. where shopping online. is still shopping local. They've been there since 1966. They're going to be there until 2066. Stampede, tack, and Western wear. Uh, Stampede stallions of the week. And, and Brad, I kind of alluded to it in our last game. Frank Shilliano, who has done something in the National Lacrosse League, is my stallion of the week. And, San Diego, you know, made a deal with Calgary in order to take him with their first pick in the expansion draft. And then when expansion came around again, they doubled down on Frankie and said, you're our guy. When, you know, that that last year before we kind of broke up, there was injuries and Mood was making a push. And it was kind of like, oh, but they, they go with Frankie, they lock him up for another two years. And like... He was not the reason that the Seals lost that opener against Vancouver, and he was definitely a big part of the reason why they won over Colorado. So this week, Frank Skiggs Shilliano, welcome to the Stable, brother. You are this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week.
2: I am going with uh, a member of the Calgary Roughnecks I mentioned earlier. I don't think that you can contest this really, Jumbo. I don't know if you've had time to think about it over the last 20 minutes, but the best transition team in the league right now, the Kagi <laughs> next, the way they send guys up the floor. And one of the best guys to do that is Shane Simpson, who had three assists in the game against the Saskatchewan Rush. He knows when to go. He brings in great passes from Frank Chiliano. There's one that he was sort of like fumbling and bobbling with, able to recover and that it up as a, to a breakaway pass. I think it was the Tanner Cook Cole um, that put Calgary on the board. Like just unbelievable. People call him the fastest player in the National Lacrosse League.
1: He is. Real I don't know if quick. I don't know if
2: it's disputable right now. Like the Compete guy just flies him, up maybe? the floor. Yeah. He knows a knack to where to get it from Del Bianco, who puts it on a rope every time. He doesn't just lob it and let it bounce and let you run to it. Del Bianco is putting that right in your stick. And Simpson's gone. And he had a few great passes that ended up into three goals against the Saskatchewan Rush and is like the main cog in their transition. So my stampede styling of the week is from your Calgary Roughnecks, Shane Simpson.
1: Former Six Nations Arrows Mental Cup champion. Simmer. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina, I believe, for for Simpson. I, I'll throw out something. I think Del Bianco, you know, like top to bottom, fantastic goaltender. But I think what separates him from a lot of others is his ball-throwing ability. Christian Del Bianco, best ball-throwing goaltender in the NLL. Is that a hot take? I don't even know yeah, if that is. No, a hot I
2: take. don't. I don't know if that's hot because I think it's obvious. Yeah,
1: I think it's obvious the way he he gets it up and
2: out. How many? Is, I'm trying to see how many assists he had in that game. For Nick Bianco. Rose yeah.
1: is very good at it, but it's so different their styles and the way that they, they, they do it.
2: Yeah, Nick's is very sort of.
1: It's like a calming, flip, you know, and yeah, it's like a yeah, lollipop. It's
2: like a nice little yeah. flip, and it's, yeah, and and Del Bianco gets up and he'll take a step, you know, he'll come, take a step to the top of his crease and let that thing go. And he's got courier and Simpson and
1: Callies and Mitch Wild and guys that can fly. Doesn't miss to, often.
2: To catch these balls, no? Yeah.
1: All right, Bradley, well, a massive opening quarter there uh, for EP162 here. Welcome to the stable, Shane Simpson. Uh, so Frankie and, and Shane are going in here in in week number two, and uh, we'll see who's on deck for do something good, do something special, or, you know, just show up with a heck of a grinder performance, and you could find yourself in the Stampede and Western Wear Stable. Great time here on the pod, and on the other side, we're moving to quarter two, and we're going to talk to number twenty-eight of your Vancouver Warriors, Reed Bowring, next here on Lax Class.
3: Hey, this is Mitch Jones of the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to the Cross Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time.
1: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. As uh, we're into the second quarter of action, and here in quarter number two, it's brought to you by our new friends at Rycor Construction. Make it stand out. Instagram, Facebook at Rycor Construction Inc. Family owned and operated, and I've been checking out their work here, Bradley. Great stuff here from Rycor Construction. Over 15 years of experience. Here is how you get a hold of them. If I can find, uh, find the contact info again. I can. Info at riotcoreconstruction.ca. Info at riotcoreconstruction.ca. Or you can phone him 604-751-1534. Making his debut on lacrosse classified for the very first time is number 28 in your lucky Vancouver Warriors program. Bowering on the podcast, reader. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, welcome to Lax Class. How are things going?
3: Things are going great. Thanks for having me.
1: Our pleasure. How could we not uh, read after the performance that you've put on here of, over the first couple of games of your NLL career? Uh, maybe we jump back to San Diego first and yep. talk about that game against the Seals. It was a bit of a slugfest, a low-scoring game. And yeah, it a was. nice little fourth quarter comeback by you guys. Um, what was the, the mood like on the bench in, in the second half? Did you guys feel like you had that belief to come back and, and win that game?
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say the entire game was a game of runs. And the whole time, we just kind of stayed even keel. You know, we weren't too high, we weren't too low the whole time. And I think that obviously worked out in our favor that game. And that's how you should be every game. And yeah, I just, you know, we had faith that we we're going to come back and be able to pull off that fourth quarter, uh, comeback.
2: What's been, what's sort of been the dialogue from, from Chris Gill and Caleb Toth and Curtis Hodge. Like, it's as if, I know if you were, haven't been there in the past, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's a different looking bench. Um, yeah. do they, do, is that like, do they want this to be an even keel team? Is that one of the big messages to you guys to kind of, you know, just, just take care of business and not get too high, get too low. Like what's, what's the build for the Vancouver Warriors?
3: Yeah, absolutely that. Our mindsets are huge. A big thing that they're preaching to us, you know, it's like we're a great team. You know, like we we have all the pieces on, you know, the players, the coaches, everything, the leadership. So pretty much just like do our thing, have confidence, play our game. That's pretty much been the big message they're saying.
1: You've played in, in some big lacrosse games, win winning two mental mm-hmm. cups. But playing in your first NLL game and, and playing on the road and. You know, looking across the floor and seeing guys like Zach Greer and Brody Merrill, guys that you probably watched as a, as a kid growing up. What yeah. what were your emotions like going into your first game? Was there nerves? Was it excitement? Was there anxiousness or all the yeah.
3: above? Yeah, all of the above for sure. I mean, you mentioned the mental games. There's a different type of nervousness. You know, not like that big championship game feel, but definitely nervous. Um, yeah, and you're right. Like those guys who I, I've seen highlights of, you know, so many times how sick they are. So it was definitely nerve-wracking to go against them, but it was just also fun at the same time, especially because we got the win against them. So it was a pretty, you know, really cool experience.
2: And then how much does that change going into game two? Is it like, oh, not the, not that pressure's off, but there's so much lead up to that first game. It's been so long for you to, mm-hmm. to get there. And then you do it, you guys win, you feel good. And then you got to do it all again next week. Like how much did it change week one to week two?
3: Yeah, I definitely felt a little more comfortable the second week for sure. Not as nervous. Um, obviously, I still get nervous for every game, but no, I definitely felt a little more confident just that I've had that experience playing against some of those great players, and just for my own sake, you know, I just felt like, oh yeah, you know, I, I can do this. So no, it was it was a lot different, a lot better.
1: Well, you get your your first goal, you go on to to get two more. You probably should have had another read uh i know i gave you a
3: little
1: bit of a a jab after that one but the empty netter i'm assuming when when you went back to the bench you you heard about that one as the game was kind of in hand and maybe uh, a little extra on the credit card that night how'd that go
3: yeah i mean i'm sure i'll be paying my fines a little extra next week so on that one I'll have to add a little more to the jar have
1: the have the boys come up with a an a handle for you yet what are they calling you? Um, no, nothing, nothing crazy, really. Just reader,
3: you
2: know. Okay. That's about it. okay,
3: yeah, nothing special.
2: Talk about uh talk about the face-off team. Like Tyrell Hammer Jackson, I think really came into his own last week. I think one of your goals was a rebound off a shot that he took. Like yeah. clean win against Jeremy Thompson, right down the gut. Like we haven't seen that from a Vancouver face-off guy in quite some time. So a nice weapon to have. And you're obviously on that uh that ball team on the faceoffs. What's it like uh work with Tyrell in the way that he's playing right now?
3: Yeah, no, it's awesome. He's uh, you know, we really go into each faceoff with like a good strategy, which is something mm-hmm. I've never really done before is all just, you know, just find the loose ball that's it but you know he's still good at draws so like we can really go in with a good strategy and you know really game plan beforehand and adjust during the game so it's been great and uh yeah worked the last game for all of us
1: speaking with reed bowering of the vancouver warriors and read a lot you know like a lot of people know a lot about you but i think there's a lot of people that maybe don't know a lot about you and and for those that don't you spent your collegiate career at Drexel and you were an attackman down there and a successful one at that. But here mm-hmm. in, in BC and in box lacrosse, you are predominantly a defender and transition guy and have won multiple awards in, in that discipline, which is a very kind of a rare breed. You, you maybe see that the other way sometimes where guys are, are playing defense and field and then offense and box lacrosse, but you don't really see it the other way around. Mm-hmm. What do you... What do you attribute that to? Do you just kind of pride yourself on having the most well rounded game you can?
3: Well, I mean, it's probably, I mean, I love playing offense and growing up, like, I hated defense. I just wanted to score goals, still just want to score goals sometimes, you know? But, and then once I got to junior, you know, Pat Coyle put me on defense and I wasn't too happy about it at first, but then I just kind of started doing it. Obviously so, so I could was play it up. till
1: junior that you started playing defense?
3: Yeah, yeah, my first year junior, um, and I was still playing intermediate offense, and I'm okay. playing my first year junior defense. So I think that's really when things started changing. I, I use my offensive skills when I play defense, and I use my defensive school uh, skills when I play offense. You know, pick up loose balls or whatever it is, or just knowing offensive players' tendencies because I kind of consider myself an offensive player as well. So I think it's really benefited me that change when Pat uh, did that back in junior.
2: Was that a, a numbers thing? Like, who was on O that year, or was did he see something in you right away early that said, "No, you know what? We're going to make this switch." Well, you were what, just
1: probably sixteen, right? Right, like a, five, yeah. You were a five-year, yeah, sixteen guy.
3: or seventeen, grade eleven, and then we had guys like we, we had Pace, we had Cole Schaefer, Cloutier was on that team, Cloutier was on that team, yeah. a bunch of guys. So, I mean, yeah, it would have been tough to make the offensive lineup for sure, and, but I think Pat maybe i've seen ahead of time just that i probably wasn't like an a strictly offensive player going into the nll even you know years later and he made that change and i'm uh, pretty grateful for it now
1: i know you've uh worn a couple of different numbers over your career reed but uh 28 <laughs> here for the vancouver warriors and brad and i obviously are, are big numbers guys and, and memorizing <laughs> jerseys and stuff why 28
3: uh the only reason why I wear 28 is because when I played my first ge- game of junior, that was the only Jersey available and <laughs> it just stuck. And I don't even, you know, i never even liked 28 ever, but it's just stuck. And now I, I don't think I can change it.
0: So
2: routine, no, no mess yeah. with the routine. Yeah. Um, what'd you learn from Pat Coyle? Like, he's such a defensive genius. Mm-hmm. Um, what'd you take away from him? The
3: biggest thing is definitely the mindset, just how I approach a game and, you know, like the no excuses type attitude and you know, you're never tired. It's all in your mind. So uh, it's definitely my mindset. That's my biggest takeaway from Pat. And I, I mean, I could, you know, I'm so grateful for Pat. Pat being my coach all these years. He's just, he's really molded me as a lacrosse player for sure.
1: I find it funny because like Pat's huge into the mental game and, you know, visualizing and focusing and all these things. but in his playing career, like he was an absolute snap show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. Like this oh, yeah. thing from his DNA and now as a coach he's uh completely flipped the script here. I know yeah. uh it's only been a couple of games here Reed but uh who's the the toughest old guy you've gone up against so far?
3: Mhm. That's a good one. Um
1: oh, Does that count Brad? I'm... Yeah, that counts. Okay. That counts. We we have
2: a we have a good question competition on the show Reed and okay. so you just you just gave one to Jumbo so I got to earn one later. Okay.
3: All right. Don't no, um... freebies. no freebies. All right. Okay.
2: Let's see. I mean
3: it's tough because obviously like, you know, like guys like Dane Doby and Banesh are such six players, but like who I actually went up against, I I think Berg was honestly super tough. Just off ball. He just you know, felt like he was so smart off ball, which is tough, but all those guys are just insane.
1: He's a
2: beast. How about uh how about in, in practice against your own team? Oh yeah. No, uh, I mean, Beads, he
3: knows how to throw a good fake, and you know, he'll he'll fool you on some of those. But I mean, Jonesy, oh, and Keegan Ball is just absolutely nasty. Yeah,
1: and you, you and Charlambeadie have kind of had a pretty good connection, and and you guys are going to be tied together for forever coming into the the team and, and the draft in the same year. But talk about your relationship with Adam. It seems like it's a, it's a nice budding friendship and team teammateship there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when he first got to Vancouver and we kind of had a little get together, the Warriors, and, you know, right away we were talking, you know, most of the night and he's, you know, a great guy, great competitor, and obviously a great lacrosse player.
1: And you um, guys go back to, to the 2016 Minto Cup, of course. Oh, uh, yeah. where you got the do, yeah. do you ever give him the gears on that or what?
3: I, I mean, I he's mentioned he's a little bitter about that, but, you know, I don't want to rub it in, it in his it. face, yeah. but I'm sure we'll get another ring together now. So Oh, there you go. I don't there think there. he's too worried.
2: Nice. Well, there's a good mindset right there. i love to hear that from young Reed Bowering Um, home opener this weekend. Obviously you've been to Canucks games and concerts and everything inside Rogers arena, but never played uh, an NLL game there. How fired are you up for the home opener this weekend?
3: Yeah, I'm pumped. I I mean, those first two games on the road were awesome, but I think it's going to feel really cool just to be in the home arena with all those home fans and guys are actually cheering for you now, you know, not booing you. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun and I, I really can't wait.
2: Well, I'm was, sure, um, sorry. Brad. I'm sorry, I was going to say how um Jumbo and I were talking earlier about the the turn in this Warriors team and starting 2 and eight, 2 and 0 oh, and bouquet has been fantastic but yeah. giving a lot of credit to to Curtis Hodgson and kind of what he's done for the D. Um, how has Hodge put his stamp on this team this year, you think?
3: Oh yeah, he's uh he's really guys in a good system and you know letting us you know, it's not like controlling us too much, but letting us, you know, use our strengths. But he's just been great, and uh, I think we have a really good system. I don't want to speak on it too much, you know, but you no, know, he's <laughs> smart.
1: Wrecking. We're set. Up,
3: I think we're set up pretty well, and uh, I, I love playing in this system.
1: Uh, one more here for you, from me, Reed, and and one of the people, your friends, your family, that's uh, surely going to be coming to to watch you in in the home opener will be your lovely girlfriend, Olivia. For now, sure. You know, I I got to say and I and I think I told you this, but my my girlfriend like lives vicariously through your guys's <laughs> Instagram account here. Yeah. You like I don't know if I've ever seen a girl more in love with her boyfriend than Olivia is with you. Just and you're the same way like and this is like big oh, yeah. public no- now like it's unabashed and just like not everybody <laughs> does this. Do the mm-hmm. do the fellas give you a hard time in the locker room or do you even just like say, Screw it, I don't care. I'm this is who I am.
3: Yeah, I mean obviously I get, you know, some jokes about TikTok or whatever or Instagram and not everyone's on that stuff. So, you know, of course I'll get a few churches, but I know it's all harmless, self on games and the guys are honestly all really good and just without even our own social media and everything, like guys I think are kinda into that stuff and you know, it's it's all fun and games and all love there and between Liv, the team.
1: like Liv's doing really well with it too like she's oh yeah yeah she's killing it on on social media like that's kind of what she does right
3: absolutely yeah no she is killing it so yeah i no, super proud of her she's doing awesome
2: oh, between you guys and hammer i think Vancouver uh, yeah. warriors probably have the best tiktok game in the national lacrosse League no right doubt. now
3: yeah hopefully yeah <laughs> yeah no Hamm- hammer's pretty good on there too absolutely
2: only only two games in the big so far, Reed, but any pregame rituals for you? Like is there a is there a go to meal or something that you do before before every game?
3: Uh no, not not really. I'm not too superstitious or anything like that. I just try to get a good night's sleep the day before, eat as well as I can, eat enough and then hydrate enough, but no, nothing too crazy.
1: What's the meal? What do you what do you feel in that, that masterpiece of a body of yours, Reed, before a big game? <laughs> uh
3: I mean it kind of does change just on what's available, you know, in the cities I've realized now after two games, but I, I like to good like chicken breasts and vegetables or some pasta, some carbs, but yeah, stuff like that.
1: All right, reader. Well, listen, man, I look forward to seeing you inside Rogers arena come Friday night as uh, you guys take on the Saskatchewan rush. It's going to be an exciting time. Appreciate mm-hmm. your time here on lax class and uh, we'll see you Friday, man.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: There you go, number twenty-eight. Reed Bowery, number two overall draft pick. There, and uh, I know a lot of people kind of were like, "Oh man, Vancouver's moving up to number two. They're giving away the." But all along, Brad, it was Reed Bowering, nothing else, and it was a move that they had to make. And I think it's a move they're still glad they made to to bump up to two to get him.
2: Oh, 100%. I just want to back up for a sec. Full disclosure, you know, we're, we're on Zoom with Reed Bowring. Okay. I, I think he's gone. He's just not seeing this now, but you just turned your camera on. You're wearing a Hornheads t shirt talking oh, yeah. to Reed Bowring. <laughs> can you see you got an adnac tattoo on your thigh hey, hey listen your calf but you're wearing a Hornheads <laughs> listen, junior age t-shirt
1: listen
2: hey if there's free merch you're you're chucking that's it on, a, eh?
1: that's just it <laughs> shooter uh hooked me up back there at the survivor's cup and this is uh i'm getting planning on getting wow. a little spin uh, see in i
2: wore my warriors hat to suck up to read and you're getting... wearing a Hornheads jersey i, I see where me. this is I going.
1: like just because i got a good question and you didn't
2: Uh, i know i'm a little i'm a little salty now i'm a little salty but no you're right and you know that whole pairing of beads and bowering there's not a lot of teams that you know there's been the two rookie classes but a lot of those rookies the Charlotte Beadies thing is that he he was ready he was one of the only players in that draft the first round especially that was ready this year so the warriors essentially got two first round draft picks this year i know some teams will have that next year because you know like panther city will have Donville will join and they still got a first round next year. And that person might be actually
1: do have their first round next year. Yeah. They might've traded it for for somebody. Right.
2: Um, but no, but what I'm trying to say is that like, there's not a lot of one, two rookie punches, especially number two and number four that have joined a team this year. And yeah, those guys really are the future. And it's great to see them bonding. They are going to be linked. It's nice that one plays the back end and one plays the front and there's some well-rounded pieces there. And those are the two building blocks. For the Vancouver Warriors, yeah, we've been I'm, talking about rebounding for years. How versatile he is he? Gets a hat trick. He's got a bunch of loose balls already. He's playing. He's playing physical Vancouver Warriors D, and he hasn't looked out of place at all. He's really stood out so
1: far. I mean, you just notice him everywhere on the floor. And like, listen, man. No disrespect to anybody else on that roster, but like, rebounding is right near the top of the depth chart on the back end, and Charlene Beatty's is right near the top on the outdoor like it, and that's just a testament to how good they are not a testament to how bad the rest of the roster or how deep the rest of the roster is that's just how good these young rookies are stepping into this Vancouver lineup they're massively impact players right out of the shoot exactly
2: and a big i think a big um a big measuring stick this week you know they're they're 2 and 0 against uh, like at San Diego and Panther City, now they've got an zero two rush can you, team like, coming Brad, in. So here's here's the bar: like, is Vancouver as good as a two and team as 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 we think they are, and is Sask as, as bad as an zero two team? I guess we'll find out because they're going to want to get back into the win call. Can
1: you imagine a like I like two? So here's the here's was... the
2: stat. I don't know if you know the stat. No, no. So Saskatchewan hasn't been zero and three. Since 2011, as the Edmonton Rush, uh, the Warriors franchise, and I know Lee, many think that the Warriors are, you know, only two years old. And I think some in the organization kind of believe that too, right? When it comes to what the rebirth is and what the rebrand is, and what historical records show, because a lot of it doesn't mean anything with a new franchise. But when they were the Van, when they were the Washington Stealth in 2010, they started three and zero, and then went six and zero and won the championship that year. So as an organization, they haven't been 3 and 0 in 11 years.
1: Haven't been 2 and 0 since 2017 and that's where they sit now, but like did you ever like I didn't I didn't there's no way I thought Saskatchewan coming into this game, the third game of the year, Vancouver would be both 2 and 0 and they would be oh and 2. Like I just like there was no scenario in my mind where I would see that. Maybe you know, the Rush were 2 and 0, Vancouver is 1 and 1 or what like, you know, but this like this is. A it's just setting up for a, or, yeah. It's this yeah, a this dandy. is a
2: key game in week three, and I know, and I think there's been a lot of. We talked about it earlier. Like there's a lot of two faced teams, right? Teams that have been different, changing so much week to week. Um, it's going to take us a few weeks. Oh, excuse me. It's going to take a few weeks. I don't think I've ever burped on a podcast. <laughs> what <happened more>.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Getting excited. You're Getting excited. Drink, Pardon you're me. You're drinking those um, Hamilton craft beers you brought home with you. Right. Right. Um it's going to take a few weeks to figure out what, what each one of these teams really brings to the table and get some consistency.
1: So it's, uh, it's
2: going to be a doozy on Friday.
1: And just so happens to be the TSN game of the week as well. We're going to talk about it all coming up in the fourth quarter with who you got in last class locks coming up next. However is halftime and then right on the other side, quick sticks. Stay tuned. EP 162 Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network.
2: Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level.
3: Hey, this is Kevin Crowley from the Philadelphia Wings. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to
1: source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class we're into the second half of action here on EP 162 and uh, back with us here once again, Brad, uh, the national cross league sponsoring quick sticks and uh, always lots going on at NLL.com. I've been uh, enjoying the uh, fanatics.ca commercials during the broadcasts. Of course, uh, every single NLL game available for you on TSN and ESPN plus TSN direct TSN go the game of the week all of it uh newsletter that's a good way to stay informed as well and good way to stay informed in the world of box lacrosse is quick sticks bradley so let's get after it here because we got a few to get through uh (laughs) i don't know if you saw this brad because i know uh cannonball's got himself a private instagram account but uh this got (laughs) shared around a little bit and Patty Campbell, who is from Hamilton, Ontario, had himself a time at the Rock Firewalls game in, in week one, posted up a video of him coming home after the, the night's festivities. And let's just say he wasn't standing on his own two feet, more of a infant kind of toddler crawl through the threshold of the cannonball estate there in the hammer. looked like he had a pretty good time.
2: You know what? A lot of, I, I didn't see that because I, I don't get, I'm not, I'm, I'm blocked from the private account, I guess. But um, I could tell you from experience being in the Hamilton, like that was half of the town. That was half of the crowd at that <laughs> game Perfect. afterwards. Like we went to a couple bars after and people were stumbling everywhere. They were really enjoying, enjoying the pints and the lacrosse in Hamilton. They're back home again, this weekend hosting philadelphia coming off a gray cup weekend in hamilton like that city is probably just not sleeping still drunk
1: yeah still drunk the
2: the arkells are just playing in the streets
1: (laughs) do they have uh do they have like a hometown (laughs) beer in the hammer is it like you know like pilsner in in saskatchewan or 1560 i went well we
2: went to the we went to the george hamilton uh brewery so i'm assuming hamilton's named after george hamilton they had a bunch of like Local craft beers there So right. I'll, I'll go with that
1: Well, it looked, George like, uh, it looked like Cannonball Tried every single <laughs> one of them that night I want to give a big time shout out To our boy Tyson Geike, Charlie Ragusa I know, uh, I think Gaudi Owens was in, Has been in on this as well And we've talked about it a lot Like the Thunderbirds absolutely crush it On social media And Thunderbirds 360 has rolled out a couple episodes, man. And, and this is the kind of stuff that our league needs more of. And, and like, great job producing and behind-the-scenes content and all that stuff. My my comment was it's it's pretty easy to see why Kurt Styrus has had the amount of success that he has had when you watch something like that. He was a big part of the last episode. Like it starts at the top with guys like that and putting the right people in place to do the right kind of jobs. And and Tyson and Charlie are two of the best at that. And that's what you get out of it. Thunderbirds 360, man, this thing is impressive.
2: Well, it's, it's investing in the right people and, and putting your dollars where, where you want to focus on it. He's sinking that into his marketing team. I think those guys probably have a higher payroll than some rosters do for their social media team in the national lacrosse. Like it's, it's, I'm, it's incredible what, Kurt tires is, is, is sinking into that town. They seem to be making a dent in the marketplace. The nest is a rock place and it's all because of a lot of it to do with, with social media. It's it's free marketing to do social media. It's not free with the investment they're putting behind the scenes, but it's, it's free to get that stuff out there. And yeah, 360 is amazing. It's getting a raw look that we haven't seen before. Like how often you're going to get a guy who just scored an overtime winner Sitting down on camera and saying, Oh yeah, Cody Jameson is behind the net saying, go high, go high. Yeah. And he switched hands and went high. Like you just haven't heard guys be that candid. So credit to Tyson and crew for asking those questions and getting those stories out of the players. And then the quick turnaround. That's, that's what we need more of. Yeah. It was all on like two like the next morning. Well, I think the was, whole story with was uh,
1: Dutch coming across and joining the team late and was supposed to be a healthy scratch. And then Jammer goes down in, in warm-up and in comes Dutchy and pumps in three player of the game and they turned it around in like two days and got that that story which was a real pivotal thing of their kind of their home opener there and brad man uh speaking of dutchy this news coming down uh i guess it was friday night uh reese dutch man you got a feel for the guy battled all his way back with the the achilles and looked better than ever and like i said player of the game hat trick all the rest of it and blows out his patella done for the year. had a chance to text duchy that night and you know just thought I said I was thinking about him and listen Reese is he's doing it again like he's not like that quickly his mindset turned to guess I'm gonna have to do this one more time so that was great to hear that you know he's obviously pretty devastated by the news, but motivated to to come back one more time and I think he can do it I know he can
2: yeah, I know we can't do I Reece Dutch is one of the most competitive people I've had a chance of speaking to and meeting in the NLL over the last decade or so. Like he just, he has that fire, that competitive edge. And that's what gives him that edge to be at his prime. One of the best players in the game and to, and to lift championships and to will teams to victory. You talk about guys who have that extra edge to, you know, step it up in a fourth quarter, or score that big goal guys literally the nickname is clutch and he was he was one of those guys he had god-given talent but he works his ass off and he's he's driven and, and super super regardless so, no doubt in my mind will be back i you know i feel for him, i hate that like just that
1: you don't want to end that it
2: you don't know no after all that hard work and you know i i hate to think that maybe the travel's got something to do with that like a lot of time on an airplane flying back and forth across the country like there's a lot of just putting your body through a ringer you know, so maybe um, something a little
1: Answer me this, Brad Schoener Reese Dutch, whether he returns For another year of NLL lacrosse or not Hall of Famer Oh, unquestionably Jumbo Unquestionably, easy, okay. easy He'll be, okay. he's one of calm the best down. goals calm <laughs> down. Come on, come on I Just
2: Hey, hey he's going to go down as one of the greatest goals Like, I don't know how the stats are in front of me But like, he's approaching top 10 goals 1,000 points um, Championships He's right there for all those For all those yeah. categories a championship and mvp nominee couple.
1: it's got two um, it's got two played in a couple more
2: uh what else just that we got? goal alone you know you talk about the mvp you talk iconic. About moments in lacrosse iconic 100
1: yeah. percent couple more quick well I got a bunch of more quick sticks here brad uh we saw this for the first time this nll season and It just happened to be one of the marquee players of the league, and we talked about it off the top, but Jeff Teed and Corey Heifeld going into COVID protocol over last weekend. These guys are the first two. They're not going to be the last two, and I'm really interested and intrigued to see how this goes, how they handle it, when, how soon they return. Is it a false positive? All these sort of things that we've kind of seen play out in other big leagues and sports. And now, it's an it's unavoidable it's going to happen in the national lacrosse league and i want to see how it's dealt with and how it plays out here
2: yeah i know it's a it's a tough one and maybe best of best of luck to to jeff teddy Jenner's take about um about jeff teed not winning rookie of the year might come to fruition if you have to miss a handful of games and set himself uh yeah set himself behind the eight ball a little bit that's a tough way to go out but yeah that's it's gonna it's gonna keep happening and i'm curious to see what happens next week is he gonna be able to like i don't i don't know if it's not a i know there's a there's a, a, a league document that kind of goes deep in this stuff but i don't know if it's not automatic Two week, does it is it gonna affect people that he was around yeah. you know is there other teammates that could come down and 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 have to miss out games as well or can he just keep taking test after test after test and if he's Negative by next weekend's game, actually. I don't think they have a buyer, yeah. They, they don't, don't play this
1: weekend, game. yeah. So, it's so they've
2: actually got a pretty good schedule here to have a, have a week bad off weekend and miss when you play Christmas, twice, so.
1: right? They play yeah, twice, yeah, so yeah, that's that, was bad tough. that weekend.
2: But to have the break and then to have Christmas, you know, that they'll probably be at their next,
1: yeah, game, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Speaking of Christmas, couple of Christmas notes here. I thought the Philly Wings Christmas or holiday jerseys, I should probably say, in case there's some Karen's listening, but uh holiday jerseys there for the Philadelphia Wings. Uh they caught my attention. What'd you think?
2: Super well done. I thought those were I thought those were brilliant. And they looked good in them and they played well in them. They got the win. The fans were loving it in Philly. I thought those were some of the best what do you call it? One-offs, thirds, yeah, specialty jerseys, yeah. thirds, alternates that I've seen in a long time. We've seen some bad ones oh in the National Cross hand, League. Really, yeah. These ones were actually like, I'm like, sign me up. I'd wear one of those. Those were fantastic.
1: Cousin Brownie's x miss giveaway. Speaking of Teddy Jenner, uh, Frank Brown on Off the Crossbar last week. I highly recommend you give that a listen. Great interview there with Frank Brown and just kind of the the life that he has led and gone through and, and talks a lot about what the indigenous people are going through. And then of course uh, second annual cousin Brownie's x giveaway. And, and he gets all sorts of stuff from all sorts of NLL uh, players donating to him, some fantastic stuff here. So I'll retweet this, but check out Frank Brown. What is he, Brad Frank Brown, 84 something like that on Twitter. And, and you can find the link to donate uh, to that great cause and, and help, out a bunch of people um what else do we want to touch on here oh Brad I asked you this like four times are you
2: going to ask me who else is a hall of famer is it like um... no I'm
1: not no uh but I did ask you like four different times and I know you were off jet jet setting to the prairies big TV star and don't have a lot of time to spend uh, texting back and forth with me But I asked you how to give away a pair of Warriors tickets. You'll recall, Brad, because I asked you four times and did not get a reply from you. So I was uh, left to, to come up with this on my own. And actually, Evan was uh, the one who who helped me out here. So brain
2: trust getting together. Well, See, I just had to step back and let you guys come up with a brilliant concept yourself. So let's hear how are you going to <laughs> gonna roll this out? Okay, obviously,
1: period. so it's two tickets for the home opener for the Vancouver Warriors this Friday, December the seventeenth. So you got to be local, obviously, to the Lower Mainland. Got to be able to get to the game. But I got a pair of Warriors tickets to the home opener here. And all you have to do, I don't care how you get at me, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email, text me. 604-75, no,
2: I'm just kidding. uh,
1: Do whatever you got to do to win these tickets. All you have to do is tell me how many penalty minutes I got in 1997. That's it. Find out. It should be easy enough information to look up. In the WLA, WLA, nineteen ninety seven, Western
2: Lacrosse Association, nineteen ninety seven, Jake Elliott,
1: New Westminster, know. Salmon Bellies. Uh, I'll put. You can guess if you want. I'll put th- I'll put this out there. I th- I'm pretty sure I led the league that year, Brett. So it's triple digits. I'll tell you that it's triple digits. So start guessing if you don't want to spend the time looking up. You want to go to the Warriors game? Got to be local. Get at me, and you're going to the Warriors game. <laughs> Speaking of the Warriors, Brad, this coming out just today, in fact, the the Vancouver Warriors are donating a 1,000 tickets in Relief of the BC Floods, which is going on, and TD is going to match this, so here's the deal, you can donate, it's $10 to donate, I think you can do up to 8 tickets, as soon as the 1,000 are gone, they're gone, and then... TD will match it. So I love this initiative. It's going to help out a lot of people and maybe give the the opportunity to a lot of people to come to the game that might have not had it before.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic for the home opener to tap into giving back like that in such a what's been such a rough month here in, in, in British Columbia for people. I think it's absolutely fantastic from the Vancouver Warriors and from TD. It's it's fantastic. And then when you get to the game, there's five dollar bills. Well, I was just
1: gonna say and so and there's Matt money all over returning
2: the place. against his old team and all the storylines that are gonna go along with that, and Brett Midsky captaining this team. Um, it's gonna be such such a fun night on Friday at seven thirty. And this is just a, a cheaper way to get in and for the right cause. So do it. Do yeah. it anyway, if you haven't got your tickets yet.
1: And uh, lots of local talent on the rush as well. So lots of reasons to come to the game. $5 beers have to be right near the top of the list. Two more quick sticks here. I, I saw you guys mentioned this on Saturday night uh, from Saskatchewan, Jeff Shatler and his autism stick. Uh, this thing looks fantastic. and It's going to go to a good cause as well. Touch more on this. Cause you guys were talking about this.
2: Yeah. We're at shoot around and got our eye on jeff Shatler's stick and it's we're like is it pink is it blue like every time we looked at it, it looked like a different color but then you get up close and it had like a rainbow dye on it so teddy did some digging and found out that yeah like you said jeff Shatler's nephew is diagnosed with autism and he wants to try to raise some money for for the autism cause and for research so he dyed his, his his stick, which I guess is like a, a symbol.
1: No of, way, Shadz um, did autism. that. But had somebody do it for him? Well, me. yeah, someone
2: freshly did it. it, looked, it looks really good. <laughs> no it way, looks really good. Did it, yeah. And he's gonna he's he, the the and it's cool because all the all the pre-game videos and intros and stuff that the rush built he's got this stick in all those videos too so it's on the sticks on national television it's in all the rush videos like this stick's gonna get used it's already got three maybe five goals in it. if he used it in game number one um in his final season it's a special stick he's gonna auction off at the end of the season and that money will go into to autism research and for and for funding there so jeff shadler we talked about him a lot on jeff shadler hall of famer yeah easy hall of famer there jumbo and (laughs) The the highest scoring indigenous player in the history of the National Lacrosse League as yeah. it stands right now. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize that because it's not kind of top ten numbers yet. But if you scroll down the list, he's knocking on the door and he's the highest scoring indigenous player of all time and he does so much off the floor, whether it's for this autism now or it's for the indigenous community in Saskatoon oh, where man. he you now lives and gives back. Yeah, like he, the time. guy does so much for the game and he, he's gonna be close to the game after this year if he does hang it up like he says he will, though Jeff McComb thinks he can play another three. Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to be close to the game, whether it's coaching junior A, coaching in the NLL one day, this guy is a gamer and a lifer.
1: Uh, absolutely, man. And Jeff Shatler, like last player to win MVP. That wasn't a pure offensive player, right? I think like he won transition player of the year and MVP. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, back in 2011. So it's been a minute.
1: Yeah, impressive nonetheless. Uh, Last one I got here, Brad, is uh, Lacrosse Canada coming out with the announcement that the IJLL, essentially the tournament that, I don't even know how to describe this thing, Brad. Like, it was for junior players. I use air quotes of Junior World Championship, but it was, like, junior age players that didn't make playoffs or maybe junior players that weren't playing junior a there was like two canadian teams and a iroquois team and i so bottom line here is that lacrosse canada has said to players do not go play in this tournament it's not sanctioned it's not a true world championship it's not team canada We're not behind it. We're not backing it. And if you go play in it, you're jeopardizing your status to be eligible to play in things like the Minto, the Man, the U19s, and World Championships. I think this – I've been on this horse for a long time, Brad. Like I've said that this, this is a great concept, but it needs to be sanctioned and it needs to be run by World Lacrosse and Lacrosse Canada done the proper way. And I never liked the fact that they tried to put on the facade that it was team Canada when everybody knew damn well, it wasn't.
2: Well, timing was always a bit of an issue, right? Like it always seemed to happen around Minto time. So yeah, you were going to get players that weren't in the playoffs. You were, but it was a true cross Canadian thing too. Cause you were getting a lot of players from Manitoba that, you know, may or may not have played junior a you're getting a lot of, there's Quebec players like they really wanted to stretch it as a kind of a coast to coast thing. Yeah, I agree it should be it should be sanctioned, but maybe maybe the CLA needs to work with the existing structure that was already starting to build and gain a little momentum. Like it was they had it on TSN last summer. Yeah,
1: one of the so very, they're trying
2: to gain yeah. some yeah. ground. It's just classic lacrosse fight. Like the players losing the end of this. I don't think you, we're seeing the same thing with the TLL, right? Like you can't tell a player that if he's going to go play in a tournament in the summer. That he can't go back to the Coquitlam Madon in, in next April. Like that to me seems completely unfair. I think a player's choice should do whatever the hell he wants. If his season is over and he has a chance to go play some more lacrosse. Yeah, I think players get hurt in the end for all these other leagues saying, yeah, come play. And then the CLA sanction lead saying, go play there and you're never coming back again. You can't compete for a Minto. You can't compete for a man.
1: Well, I think what this does, Brad, is it clears the path for world lacrosse, lacrosse Canada, USA lacrosse to have a, a legit junior world championship with the best players in the world and the best coaches in the world representing their countries the way they should be.
2: Yeah. And, I, and maybe that's conspiracy theory that I know nothing about, but maybe that's something that's being cooked up right now. And oh, that's why this is coming is, out and that's why it's being squashed. Okay. Let's kill anything else that says quote unquote team Canada, and we'll release our plan here in short order. Yeah.
1: It's coming. I have no doubt that world lacrosse is going to come out with a junior. I mean, they already do the U19 for field lacrosse, the, the box lacrosse. I mean, it's a no brainer. And I, to legitimize it, and I think World Lacrosse does have to be behind this.
2: Yeah, and there's enough nations to do it. So I don't think that's an issue. Like there's a world championship for men's. That yeah. No, was it's in gonna in the event happen. center in 2019 that had countries from Costa Rica to Finland competing. Yeah. Um, so I think and there's some young players in that tournament too, that probably could have been um, you know, U19s, I guess. So why not make and this has to be U19? It can make it 21 and under make a junior age. And and have a genius I Emmy. Mean, I think it's That's I think it's right there for the taking. It's, coming. it's probably it's probably coming.
1: Let's take a break, Brad. Quick sticks are done. One quarter left. Fourth quarter action next. Who you got? Lax class locks. EP one sixty two. Back after this.
2: Hey, this is Jonathan Donville, Ninja Cup champion with the Orangeville Northmen. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game, one podcast at a time.
1: Fourth quarter action is now underway. Welcome back to Lax Class. And uh, before we get started here in the fourth quarter, i got to let you know I would love it if you guys would subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening right now. Throw down a review as well. Five stars only, please. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on social media. At LaxClass Class on Twitter, Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. We've got a Facebook page and email address, Classified at gmail.com. Brad is at Brad Schell. Evan is at Shemlax. I am at PXP, the number four. Sports says, uh, fellas, who you got time here in the fourth quarter? And what should we do first here? Uh, well, I think the first thing we got to do is a little soundbite here. It's time for who you got it's time once again to play your favorite podcast game who you got Go. Who you got brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear? And some items can be tough to find at Christmas time, but one thing will not be tough to find is boots at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Ariat, Boulet, blundstone Canada West name a boot, they have it. It doesn't matter if you're looking for cowboy, motorcycle, or even work boots, Stampede has them for you. Boots for men, boots for ladies, boots for kids. Boots. boots made for walking. Boots for everybody. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local, or head on out there to Cloverdale Corner, of Highway 10 and 180th. Get yourself some boots, maybe with a gift card. Who knows? Uh, who you got? What do we do first here? I can't remember. Announce last week's winner? Is that what I'm supposed to do off the top here? Absolutely. Week two winner. I believe he is a repeat winner of who you got, uh, winning... Way back when, in whatever year that was, in whatever week it was, Brent, long-time listener of the podcast, out of Okotoks, Alberta, Brent, with the lawyer, counselor, Brent Robinson is this week's winner of who you got. Uh, Evan Runda, like uh, he, what did he do? Did he nail everyone?
0: No, nobody nailed everyone. But the people that finished in first basically had went what six for seven and lost their five games. So the main problem for almost everybody was the rush upset. And what was the other one that was the major upset? Oh, Colorado. In almost everybody took Colorado. Yeah. Mm. So uh, basically, almost everybody faltered there. You know, Teddy Jenner would have won. Almost he, but everybody. He took the riptide and he lost out. Three people ended up with 30. And so went to tie breaks. He took Panther City, 24 too, though. And Brent was 23.
1: He took Panther City, too, that Teddy Jenner. Brad, however, you took Calgary. We gave you a hard time on that, so you got the Roughnecks pick right. That happened to be my eight game. Which just absolutely crushed me. And in My week seven. Two, yeah. Tough one there. So Brad uh, Chellner is actually still remaining at the top of the standings with 61 points. 63. I, 63. What do I got? 51. Is that right? Uh,. 50, 50, 50, and you're way down 46. again, way, way, way down there at the, <laughs> near the bottom again, Evan at 46, uh, never won a round of who you got ever Evan Schemenauer.
0: Well, let's see if we can change that this week. All right, This week is probably the toughest it week ever. It
1: is not ever. easy. No question about it. Brad, since uh, you did the best again last week, you remain number one overall in the standings as I... Swallow the throw up in my mouth right it's now. It's becoming a bit of a trend. Two weeks, two weeks. So nah, we no, yeah. we just said in
2: the nll two weeks is not a trend yet. We need like three or four weeks to decide which way teams are going. So maybe I'm I'm running on the hot streak right now, but sure I will uh not I'll how run you it start. Down.
1: How you finish.
2: We it's got early. Friday night action. I love the love the Friday night action we've had every week so far, but things will start out in Panther City as the Owen Two PCLC. The one and one Colorado Mammoth, the two-faced Colorado Mammoth who go from scoring 16 to 4 down in Panther City on Friday night. Uh so who came last? You or or jumbo or Evan? I'm in last. So I guess do
1: I go first then? I can't even remember this. No, I go first. Okay. So (laughs) then Evan, who you got?
0: I think we started to see the the real Panther City last week. Um, Colorado, I don't think it's going to have back-to-back stinkers like this. I've got Colorado for a six. Now keep in mind, it's only eight to four this week and that's the tricky part.
1: Yeah. Pay attention to that people. You're always going to start with the number eight and you'll go down to however many games that there are that week. So don't get confused by that. Don't forget to save and apply after you pick your team and then put the confidence number beside your pick. Just quick recap there for people who have joined up late. Uh, I don't think Panther City is as bad as they showed against Vancouver. I think they bounce back here a little bit, but I still think Colorado wins this game on the road. They were absolutely horrible last weekend, and I don't see that happening again. Just think they're a better team here, and tough picks this week. So I'm putting this one down as my seven for the Woolies. Mammoth seven. Same
2: reasons, but a little bit more confident. Give me an eight there. In the words of Christian Del Bianco, um, "They stunk. We went in like our poop didn't stink." And uh, you know they got they got beaten up <laughs> by San Diego at home. Home homers at the top. We'll get to that in some of these games later. But give me the Mammoth with an
1: eight. Okay, listen, Brad. You've been f- you were <laughs> you're flip flopping. Pick it del bianco or del bianco you're, you're flip-flopping on the regular here pick one and go with it
2: del bianco christian Thanks. del bianco Thanks. that's uh, what he okay. told us Thanks, second game friday night me san diego one and one the two-faced san diego seals who mm-hmm. looked a lot better last weekend they go into calgary Two dane Dolby and the seals Two into the home face. opener against the red hot Calgary roughnecks one and one Well,
1: red hot now settle down here Brad red hot
2: after a big win they got blown out in week one coming in hot after week two okay the best transition team in the national lacrosse league Evan
1: Shebenauer who you got (laughs) well they're two-faced this is
0: this is this is the four game for me this is the one I struggled with the most and Calgary at home but the home openers haven't worked too well um but they showed signs of life. Their transition game was working phenomenally last week. Del Bianco was absolutely on fire. I trust Christian Del Bianco over Frank Chilion. And it comes down as simple as that. Calgary for a four.
1: The way Frankie's gone here, uh, Evan, it's tough to say. These, man, this is a tough pick here. I just got to believe that the way Calgary performed last week is going to carry over into their home opener. Vancouver and Calgary are the last two teams to have their home openers here. Taking the Roughnecks for a six. Roughnecks for a six.
2: Yeah, Frankie's got to do it twice in a row. You know, it's going to be tough to live up that expectation. Pretty good. But Game I really one liked two, what yeah. I saw. Really liked what I saw against the Roughnecks last weekend. Tough to vote against them at their home opener back in Calgary, where they love to play, and they play well. Roughnecks with a 7 mm-hmm. Uh third Friday night game in Alterna Cup battle, the 0-2 Saskatchewan Rush into Vancouver, home opener to take on the Warriors, 2-0 Vancouver Warriors at Rogers Arena. Evan, who you got?
0: Historically, the Rush have owned the Warriors slash stealth, and they've owned them even worse sometimes new when the year, game's Evan. on the
1: road. A new year.
0: New year, but you know what? Um, I still think they're the dominant team. I think they're finally going to get this offense going. I wouldn't be shocked if they went back to a three righty set to try and correct this. This is my eight game rush for an eight.
1: I think you mean four righty set. Do you not?
0: Well, four, yeah. Four righties, three lefties, but three on the floor.
1: Okay. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Uh, I just look, All's out to do there guys. It's not too complicated. 0-2 0 and 2 against 2 and 0. 2 and 0 team is at home. I'm also employed by that team. Give me Vancouver for a four, please. Thank
0: you very much. Despite the fact that they are actually worse at home than they are on the road.
1: Yeah. New year, Evan. New team. What is there, Brad? Like six guys remaining from 2017 or something like that. Like it's a brand new team. Well, from 2017,
2: new... I would, I would even less yep. i think there's only a nine Ten. or 11 Salt from 2019 like it's almost 50 percent turnover the bench is completely turned over with haji and caleb back I'm there now you. they're going home they're feeling confident you know the rusher just the rush don't that seem as, as, as scary rush there. as they have before
1: that,
2: yeah. yeah warriors warriors with a four on their home opener
0: let's go let's go there's my chance to make some serious ground up. Well,
2: that's you. We're, yeah, we're disagreeing a lot today. This is good. Um, Saturday night, Rochester Nighthawks 1-1 and into Albany, the first ever game, or the first game back in Albany since like 2003 mm. as the Fire Roves out their home opener. They're 0-1. They've had a week off.
0: Evan, who you got? They're 0-1, but they're 0-1 in a pretty impressive game on the road in Hamilton. So... I think that Rochester still has some work to do. I trust Albany. A lot more Albany for a seven.
1: I put an eight down beside Albany here. I This can be a very telling game for the Firewolves. A uh, couple of weeks off, coming off a loss, opening up there in the Capital Region. I think they want to make a statement, and I think they're going to do it against the Nighthawks. So I put an eight beside them here. I had to put an eight beside somebody. It's the Firewolves at home over the Nighthawks.
2: I mean, this is where our paths are going to diverge, fellas, because um, I, I do like the Albany Firehose. I think they're going to have a good season. They're going to be fighting for a playoff spot at the end of it, but I think a week off after week one is going to hurt, and Rochester is going to be heading into their third game. They've got a chance to work out their kinks already. They've got a chance to dissect some tape, figure out what's working and what's not working, and they're not traveling too far. They're just down the road in Albany. Give me the Nighthawks over Albany with a five. We final games, so. Saturday, final games, unless someone wants to.
0: So either you're going to be way ahead or we're going to catch up pretty yeah, fast. So, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be one of those weeks. It's a long season,
1: fellas. Long
2: last season. game. We've only got uh, five games this weekend after a full slate the last two weeks. But final game is the 2-0 and Philadelphia Wings going into the hammer to face
0: the Toronto Rock 1-1. and Evan, what do you got? Only because it's in the hammer. That's the only thing that really I think separates these two. I'll take the Rock. Had a decent home game when they had their home opener. The Rock for a five. jumbie Ah,
1: oh, tough pick here, man. I bounce back and forth on this. I really like. Even just looking at it now, I wanted. I want to change my pick. Like I. I really. I go. I'm going to the quarter early here fellas. Well, what's your, what
0: number do you have left?
1: I got five. I got a five beside this and I really, I just don't know. I had Philly pick but now I feel like I want to take Toronto. So I'm just going to flip the coin. Tails is the wings. Heads is the rock. Taking the rock for a five. That's how it works.
2: An actual coin flip week. So this could be TD Erlin against Trevor Baptiste for the first time. So we've got storylines there. I don't think that's going to affect the outcome in this lacrosse game at all. I think it's going to be a game within a game, but it's not why I'm picking the Toronto rock. I like the rock having a bounce back against the Halifax Thunderbirds. That was a disappointing game for them. Um, this is a team that, you know, it wants to create a stamp in this market. They look great there in week one. Give me the Toronto rock for the six.
1: All right, there you go. There's our picks for week three. Follow our advice. Go against it. Do a little bit of both. It is totally your decision, as it is for our next and final little segment here on Lax Class, fellas. It's called Lax Class Locks. It's locked. all right right, there you go lax glass locks uh, just in case you guys didn't notice i tightened things up a little bit there uh, with some advice from some outer sources uh a little too long so i tighten those up hope you guys appreciate that lax glass locks presented by cool bet canada stay cool bet responsibly If you haven't done this yet or not, folks, I highly suggest you do it. Get on to CoolBet.com, sign up, register an account, and when you make your first-time deposit, put in the bonus code LAXCLASS, and CoolBet, I honestly still can't believe this is an actual thing, you put in up to $200, they will match you with real money up to $200 so you put in two you got 400 bucks but you got to use the bonus code lax class
0: now we're going to do a bit of education on this real quick so people understand these yeah awesome because brad
1: brad is confused and and i am a little bit as well so if you know that we are who we are far from experienced <laughs> gamblers here uh yeah write it down a little bit sure
0: yeah i mean i i'm I don't put a whole lot of money down on games, but I understand how this works. So, if you see a positive odd, let's say it says a positive 150. What this means is that if you were to have put $100 down on the game, you would profit 150. So, you get your 100 back plus 150, your payout is 250. And it works for any number. So, for example, if you're only betting $10, 10 plus 15 is 25. The negative ones are a little harder to understand. So, If you were to want to profit $100, a negative odd is how much you would have to put down to get it. So the flip side is if you wanted to profit, if your team was negative 150, you would have to put 150 down to profit 100. So get 250 back. Um, Same thing, you would have to put $15 down to get $10 back. And so a negative is typically the favorite, positive is typically the underdog. Sometimes you'll see negative on both just because it's so close and what have you. Another thing that kind of confuses people is this handicap. So what they're trying to do, if you look at the money line, that's just simply who's winning, who's losing. Handicap, they're trying to find a happy medium to get the odds of the two teams closer. Point spread, right? It's a point spread, essentially. So yeah, so if you see the fa- the favorite will typically have a minus. So if we look here, Colorado Panther City, Colorado is handicapped with a negative one point five. What that means is is that if you bet it on the handicap, Colorado has to win by at least two for it to pay for you. If you bet on Panther City, if they win or they lose even by one goal, you pay- you get paid. You win the bet, right? That's so it's, literally, it's like subtract one and a half goals from the winning, from the favorite or add one and a half to the the underdog.
1: And then over under is pretty straightforward. 20 and a half is the number. You either bet 21 goals or you bet 20 goals over under. And the occasional
0: one, like Philadelphia, Toronto says 21 exactly. So. If it landed exactly on 21, you get your money back.
1: Um, I think the other thing that should be mentioned, if you're doing prop bets, not to get too far off a topic here, but I asked this question because somebody asked me the question, if you have a prop bet and then that player does not dress or does not play, then it's so just a wash You get your money back on that as well. Speaking of uh, our Jumbo Bucks bets, our parlays from last week, fellas, uh, I don't think anyone's came through. I know I went two for three. I needed the over between Buffalo and Rochester to, to pull in 140 Jumbo Bucks. That fell through. They came up a goal short. So I came up empty. How about,
0: how'd you guys do? I came up empty. I had Colorado straight up.
2: Brad, I got, two, I got two out of three. I got yeah, I out on the handicap, which I blew, but I took Calgary to beat Saskatchewan and I took the over in the New York and Philly game, oh, which I hit. Yeah.
1: Tough one. So we all went two for three. So room for improvement here as we uh, pull out another 20 jumbo bucks out of the proverbial ATM here, fellas. Uh, Brad, why don't you start us off here? Give us your three game parlay. For week three, please.
2: All right. So we've got the, I've already predicted the Rochester Nighthawks over the Albany Firewolves. Rochester, pretty big, like biggest underdogs of the week at plus 225. Um, So I'm putting money on the Rochester Nighthawks. I've got the over, over in the Philadelphia Wings, Toronto Rock game. Whatever game Philly's involved in seems to be hitting the over right now. So uh so I'm taking the over in Philly, Toronto. What's the number? What's the number? Twenty one.
1: Twenty one. Okay, all right.
2: Twenty one, yeah. I think that's I think that's easy. That's, that's actually, you no, know, there's 20 and a half in the Colorado Panther City game, but twenty one's one of the lowest of the week. And then I've got the Colorado Mammoth, as Evan mentioned earlier, minus one point five. I think they beat Panther City by, by,
1: two. by two
2: or more goals. So that would pay me two thirty six wow. if I put sixty dollars down on the parlay. It's
1: not sixty, just twenty. He's well, 20
2: two. for each bet, and then the parlay. No, 20.
0: No, no, $20, 20 just... parlay pays $236. Yeah. It's only yeah. 20 bucks, man. So you t- And for those that don't know, a parlay basically you're multiplying your odds together.
1: Yeah. So you multiply all three bets together and then multiply that by 20.
0: Is- but if you lose even one, you're done. Got to go three for three. Evan, your three game parlay, please. Um I'm liking the same thing with Colorado on the handicap. The problem there is straight up money line is 185 and to adjust that by winning by 2 instead of by 1 is m- minus 110. That's why I want to go the route of the handicap. I'll take that I'll take the chances on that one extra goal t- for the better odds. Mm-hmm. I've got the Calgary Roughnecks here On the money line, plus 160. I think they're better than plus 160. It's a skewed odd. So that's where I'm going to go there. I'm also going to take the over under in the Rochester Albany game. It's at 21.5. Rochester's been scoring some serious goals. Uh, So I think they'll hit the over there. On that one, a $20 bet pays 180.64. Good luck to you, sir. My lax class lock of the week. And
1: uh, I get on this now, people, because it's it's a lock. It's coming home. Put in your bank account right now. Colorado, I think we're all on this, so this must be a good bet because we're all picking it. Colorado, 1.5 over Panther City. Vancouver, who I picked on who he got to win the game is a dog here with a goal and a half. I think that's an easy pick there. So they can lose by a goal, which they're not going to do. So give me Vancouver plus 1.5. And I'm taking Calgary at plus 1.5. At home, are you kidding me? At home, coming off the big victory over Saskatchewan, and they're a, f- a dog at home, 1.5 against San Diego. Give me that as well. One forty-nine oh nine is going to be in your pocket by the end of Saturday night. You can thank me on Sunday. I think that's
0: our last class locks of the week. Are we all good but, here? But you know what? This week coming up with three was tough. Well, we'll yeah, see. there's
2: that's well. Here we are. This is only going to get tougher from here on out. I think once we start seeing. Uh, well, right now we don't know what these teams well, are doing can, that's it's so it. From, from one week to the next.
1: <laughs> that's it. I think like similar to the NFL season, like you need to wait four to six weeks to kind of see who's rising to the top and who's falling to the bottom. Bu- and, and we're in early days here. So I'm still pretty confident in my picks here. Like I really felt like I should have won last week. I kind of felt like I just, man,
0: anyway, well, the other difficulty is, and this, we saw this happen this week where. The COVID testing isn't happening until like the day before the game. Yeah. And all of a sudden a Jeff Teak gets thrown on COVID protocol and changes things. Your your bet goes out the window of all of a sudden if you bet on the riptide. Just one player. Doesn't yeah. take much.
1: We don't have to worry about that this week, uh, Riptide or not in action. Who else isn't playing? Halifax, Buffalo, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. A few teams off on the docket this week. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up Lad's class, unless you guys got anything else you want to chime in on good.
2: Uh, $5 beers and a thousand tickets to support BC flood victims in BC. We'll see you at Rogers arena Friday night. And if you're not in the lower mainland, that's your only excuse to not watch the TSN game of the week. If you're not in the lower mainland, if you are in the lower mainland, you will be inside the arena.
0: If you're outside the lower mainland, they'll be watching on TSN. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the guesses are on your, uh, penalty minutes back in 97
1: 97 led the league uh (laughs) look it up uh, um here's
0: a hint for people if they haven't heard it yet we had todd LeBranch on the show what a couple years ago yeah and he admitted in that season he he dimed you yeah yeah. and that wasn't your first or second penalty of the game if i'm not mistaken
1: (laughs) that's a tough one tough pill to swallow there um I'm going to contradict what you said there, Brad. If you're in the lower mainland, put your TV on TSN and then go to the game. Come back, watch it later. Just having your TV and your cable box on TSN while the game is going on is an important thing to do. So do it regardless whether you're coming to the game, you're home, you're whatever. Just have it on TSN during NLL lacrosse at all times.
0: Uh, And it's encouraging that, you know, the week one ratings, it was the equivalency of a NBA game on TV. So
1: pretty good. I mean, yeah. they've been pumping out the, the promos, like nobody's business on TN. Like my, my TV is essentially just on TSN all the time. And like, it, it catches my attention every time they're running on the ticker, all the rest of it. So it's good. People are seeing it. Um, thanks to repowering for coming on the podcast to our sponsors. Of course, stampy tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, RICOR Construction, the NLL, and Cool Bet Canada. For helping out on the podcast here, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, every Tuesday, right here on the Homilax Class Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. But for now, we're out of here. Enjoy the games this weekend. For Evan Scheminauer, for Brad Challoner, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on two feet, for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.